0: get started because you are one one mishap away from losing all your potential future customers. It happened to me, trust me, it happened to me two times in 2023. I am not putting myself in that position in 2024. And because I had email, it's the only reason why my business, that business is still here. Okay? So that so that's number 1. Just get going. is secrets for success welcome to the Secrets for success podcast i'm your host greg todd thank you as always for joining me i have a special guest today uh i think today we're going to be inspired but i also think we're going to learn a lot uh and i think other things are going to happen as well So i think a lot of good things so i i've, I've just gotten to meet this guy i've heard amazing things about him through. Uh, some of my staff members here at SSHC, uh, his amazing copywriting skills, uh, his amazing communication skills. And as I've been kind of doing my research on you, just hearing like how this all came to be and your amazing story, I think it's super inspiring. So Christian Davis, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for being here.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Like I still pinch myself
0: every morning. I just don't believe like this is my life. Wow. Well, let's talk about that. Why do you pinch yourself? Because let's talk about what your life was like prior to what it is now. And maybe before we even get into that, why don't you tell people what do you do right now and how do you serve people?
1: Yeah, so I'm an email marketing specialist and deliverability expert, and I'm also a coach that teaches people how to become an email marketer freelance so you can free up your time do what you want, uh, flex your hours, and make a
0: ton of money. Okay. So this is really cool because my whole spiel is that I help people in healthcare stop trading their time for money. Hmm. And the way that I look at doing that is by improving your skill set because there's certain skills that pay really good money and there's certain skills that don't pay you very well. And if you're able to make more money in a condensed period of time, you can have more of your life to do the things that you want to do. So learn the higher dollar value skills. I would say copywriting is one of those skills. Yeah,
1: so it's one of three. And in my opinion, you know, Mm -hmm. since I'm a marketer, I'm a little biased. You have sales, copywriting, and media buying. Okay. You know, so those are the big hitters as far as like making as much as possible and flexing your time. And that's um, outside of like creating a legit business with
0: systems and stuff like more like what you're doing. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so how did you get into the copywriting space, what you're doing right now? Oh, man.
1: Well, I started drop shipping in 2016, and um, it started because I just wanted, like, freedom. And um, I had a really rough job, and so I was ultra-motivated to get out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the job, by the way?
1: Oh, uh, I was cooking chickens at Costco.
0: Okay. okay. I can talk
1: about it now, because, like, I'm, I've been gone for years, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, I mean, it was crazy. Like, I, I got this, like, skin-melting chemical in my eye, and I was on the phone with the doctor, and, I was like, "Hey, my vision's is blurry. Am I going to see again?" He's like, "I don't know," at the job, and that was just like a normal thing. Like, yeah, that chemical like burned through my coworker's like apron, smock, his shirt, and then made his nipple black. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it was actually like comical, like the shit. <laughs> it wasn't like I mean to just think of Mike's Rose, uh dirty jobs. Mm-hmm. It was like part of the day I had. A giant vat full of chicken grease. And it had a little spoon. And they didn't get a bigger spoon. I don't know why. But I'd have to, like, bail this grease out as fast as I can. And it's, like, rotted. smells like diapers and shit. Yeah. And uh, I'm hitting myself in the face with the grease, like, getting acne. And every once in a while, I'd have this, like, really sassy Hawaiian lady bust in there and be like, you have three more minutes to do that. Wow. (laughs) And so it was a blast. You know, whatever you got to do to get your motivation, a lot of people fall into despair when they're in a moment like that. But really... If you can turn the despair into anger, at least in the beginning,
0: to get out of a situation, it's powerful. Would you say a channeled anger? That's channeled what you anger. did, man. You channeled yes. your anger, and you channeled it to say, "I need to change my life because I'm basically dealing with chicken grease all day in a Costco, <laughs> bro." Like this is this is so many mm-hmm. of the people. The people. This is called the Secrets for Success pod, uh, podcast. <laughs> We're trying to figure what are the secrets for success, and yeah. and. Apparently it's a secret because not everybody is successful, right? Mm-hmm. What what makes you you? How, this is 2016. It's not 2023. This is 2016. You were in this situation, and you hated it.
1: Yeah, I mean it. it gets a little worse. Like, so I had uh, bed bugs in my apartment, mm-hmm. and so I was like getting bit and eaten alive at night. And then uh, had homeless people on my front porch. And, like, I would try to open my door. There's, like, a lady there, like, toothless. She, she's screaming, like, profanities. Like, she says she wants, like, um, like a, something private on my body. Mm. And it was just so gnarly. And then I had to sneak on the bus because I didn't have $2 to get on there every single day for two years.
0: Wow. Wow. You had to sneak on the bus every day for two years to go to Costco to go... Do what chicken grease hitting your face and creating <laughs> uh synthetic acne. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah, exactly. That's okay. what happened.
0: Guys, I, I I hope you all are listening because there is more to this story. And he you said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, I can't believe this is my dream situation. Well, that was your reality before. And that was 2016. That wasn't twenty years ago. That wasn't 25 years ago. That was about eight years ago, right? Um, so you basically got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and then you decided you need to make a change. So now yep. what, what what happened? What opportunity yep. came to you that allowed you to get into what you're doing today?
1: So I learned a lot of lessons, tried a lot of stuff. Um, I think shiny object syndrome can be good because I switched careers eight times until I landed on copywriting and I absolutely love it. So I'm so glad I found it as well as like coaching people on how to make more money and free up their time. And, um, yeah, so basically I saved up every penny I had and then I was finally able to quit. And then I moved, I met this mentor in Thailand and I went there on a credit card and, um, he just said like, Hey man, I see you struggling. Like I was doing Kindle publishing at the time. And he said, look, you can make way more doing copywriting. Let me show you the ropes. Um, And so I worked for free for him. I actually moved into a cartel-infested ghetto in Mexico to work for him for free. And um, I lived on a credit card. And so my rent was like $250, which is a little bit higher for that area. But still, it was like gangland, bro. I mean, yeah, like I was on a run at 6 a.m. And then the National Guardia. Like in the BDUs, like mm-hmm. with a minigun in the back of their truck, like screeched up next to me, Ert! and then they like bound my hands behind my back and they're like thought I was running for some like sketchy reason, but I was just like, No, it's like exorcistio. Wow. You know, but they're like, Hey, it's not safe here, like no key. like you can't run. Wow. And so Yeah, and then and um, you
0: did all that in Mexico.
1: Yeah.
0: Um putting your life kind of at risk would we say (laughs) some days would we say i mean yeah like And, and it's and you were living on credit cards uh just so that you could learn interesting and so there was a mentor there there was somebody there that you felt could teach you something so what what made you stay what like what made you do that basically live off of a credit card go to very unsafe places, what did you think was going to happen by doing that? There had to be something. I mean, initially, what you were telling me is that you were trying to do new things because you hated the situation you were in. But now you're putting yourself in very, very dire situations, very dangerous situations. What did you think was going to happen at the end?
1: I didn't know, man. I had no freaking idea. All I had was just a feeling in my gut that I had to do it and also it logically made sense because I mean most people probably think it doesn't logically make sense but if you are trying something every day for years and still failing like you need people in your life that are going to help you and pull you out of the situation Hmm. which means you need a mentor the only ways to get mentors are to work for free in exchange they'll review your work or to pay them and yeah, or to surround yourself with people and just become their friend or even work for them. you know. So it's those main three options, and I did all of them.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. You just knew that something had to change and there had to be something better on the other side, and you're willing to do it. So you're living in drug-infested Mexico with a bunch of cartels and <laughs> uh, you know, told that you can't go and just run and do exercise because <laughs> they'll think you're running from the popo. <laughs> all right. So you did all that. Uh yeah. and what happened once you left that situation? What did you learn? What did you what did you gain from that discomfort that you're going through?
1: Yeah, so I mean, well, there was a lot of trials. So like my mentor needed me at his place at like four in the morning. So at one point I was carrying everything I own in the ghetto, like at four in the morning. And I'm thinking, damn, if someone could easily just take everything I own right now, because mm-hmm. I sold it all before I left, 60-liter backpack. And then, um, yeah, so basically what I learned was survi- surrounding yourself with the right people is literally everything, even if you have to go through some stuff. And during the darkest hours, like when someone broke into my courtyard, and I, I heard gunshots different times, and I, I didn't know if they were gonna like hurt me, so I slammed my body against the door at three in the morning. I just remember thinking I have to get this right. I have to figure this out finally and so yeah, I mean you just you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get what you want and even if you end up in odd situations and so that's why I'm a little bit more of like a tough coach cuz I'm like you you got to you got to do something different
0: to get there. You can't just Do you feel like clients on a whole are just too soft? And do you feel like coaches on a whole are too soft with clients?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely – I'm a little bit more of a fan of, like, the David Goggins or Wes Watson style of, of content coaching. Um, you also have to be empathetic and understanding for these people because um, I get it. It can be really freaking hard. But, yeah, I mean, generally people just kind of say what you want to hear, especially if they're being paid high ticket, like 500 an hour or – like 10k for a package, you know, so people need the truth, even if it hurts. And so yeah, I basically in a meditation circle, someone mentioned copywriting, and um, that they were doing this course and immediately I just said, Okay, I'm in, like, I got my credit card, put 5k on it. And um, the salesperson, I was just like, I don't want to hear the pitch, man, I'm in, I want to start right now. You know, so a lot of people are like thinking about stuff too much. They're asking the wrong questions. Like I just did, did, did. Mm-hmm. And then um yeah, from there, like I I had the skills now from the course. I was doing the work every single day. And then I knew I needed good clients. So I found clients on Facebook and YouTube from like their content, similar to like the content you're watching right now. Mm-hmm. Like you could find either one of us. And find an event we're going to. And then I'm not saying like do this to us, but, you know, theoretically, Mm -hmm. then you can pitch us and, you know, for all you know, like that person could transform your entire life.
0: Right. Okay. So let's, let's dive into this a little bit more. You would go onto YouTube, go onto these different social media channels. You would find the clients that you wanted to work with. You would then find out which events they were going to be at you would go to those events and then you would pitch them at those events? Is that
1: Exactly. And, you know, one of the events I had to spend 3K to go to another 3K and then I put it, the expenses like the ticket and everything on a credit card as well. And then I knew this guy was hiring. He was a year younger than me and he was in the email game as well. And he was making, at the time, it was on the lower end so he was doing like 250K a month. Now he's like 450 and then uh I approached him and said what's good I'm gonna make you rich and I'm willing to do whatever it takes
0: mm.
1: and yeah he just I said I just I'm gonna do this for pure bragging rights because I want to help you and I don't care what I have to do and so he said all right look just move to Florida and you can be my assistant and take out my trash and I was like done I didn't even ask about the money I was just like ready to go
0: mm. and, okay Guys, I'm, I'm hoping you're, you're, you're getting some stuff from this. It's amazing the things that you are willing to do and the opportunities that were presented to you. But every opportunity that you've said to me so far, uh, from leaving the Costco situation to going to deal with the Thailand mentor and then going to Mexico and being in the hood basically, to, okay, I'm gonna come to Florida. And I'm going to basically just take out your garbage. Nothing sounds like the most amazing opportunity yet. But you saw something and you saw in each of these opportunities, you saw the potential to either learn something, to be around people that could take you to the next level, uh, or even a combination of both of them. And you're willing to do things and sacrifice and take a lot of risk Um, and... That, to me, is a huge secret. Like, that's that's a big part. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? It sounds like you were. Is that fairly correct? Oh,
1: hands down.
0: Yeah. I would have done whatever, like, as long as it was in my boundaries. Christian, I don't think most people are willing to do whatever it takes. I agree. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. I don't think most people if, – If if it's convenient, if it's not too uncomfortable, sure, I'll do it. But they're not willing to do what you did. And they will justify themselves like, oh, this guy can speak on camera. Oh, my gosh, I want to like your Instagram <laughs> channel. I'll look at how you, you do your videos. Oh, my gosh, the videos are great, da, da, da. And mm-hmm. people will just justify to themselves. They'll, they'll create alibis, which is if I only had the speaking skills that Christian has, if I only had the ability to write and convey emotion through writing the way that he does. If I, But the reality is that like you're willing to do stuff that most people wouldn't do and so i applaud you for it Andrew. it's amazing you, big dog amazing. appreciate you so um let's get into a, a little bit more so now you're you're doing copywriting and if you you can brag if you want like can you tell us some <laughs> of the people you've worked with
1: yeah i mean a lot of my start to working with some of these big people uh, came from moving into that guy's house so i went from extremely broke and, oh yeah I was making two dollars 90 cents an hour at my first copy job mm. and then he would review my stuff for free for that job after so then basically I go from that to living in a house with two 26 year olds or they are 25 at the time yeah making between 200k to 650k a month mm. right. like Troy Arison and Jason Wojo Kay. legends mm. and we lived in like this straight up like gated community like really f- nice house and million dollars in cars sitting in the driveway like it just completely flipped my world upside down Mm. like what i thought was possible and so that's hands down the most important so i got some social proof um by working for someone else that way and so now um, i've written for big companies like publishing.com um easy fx trading like just dozens and dozens of clients um yeah like i mean It's been insane, especially publishing.com. They're attached to the Hermoses.
0: Weren't they the the winners of his big affiliate thing for the launch of his book?
1: Yeah, so I actually uh, won that for them. Wow, Um,
0: Wow. that's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's actually funny. So I was actually student 189, and now they have 32,000. And um, so I know the CEOs, and then um, when they brought me on, um after working together for like a year, they basically said, Look, this is personal for me, man. You have to make this happen. I Meaning you have to make us all the number one affiliate for Hermosi's new book, because like he's this is personal for us. Like we love the guy. And um, so that's their affiliation hmm. basically. And um I just I looked at him and I I'm, without hesitation said like, consider it done. I will make you the number one affiliate. Like I don't care what it takes. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, whoa, like, I have no idea who's competing for this. It ended up being like 30,000 people. A lot of them were millionaires, even one billionaire and with huge audiences and stuff. But I just, I I was confident in my ability to figure things out. And because I just knew like, all I would do is I would find the one who's doing it the best already. Cause I was entering the Affiliate promo a little bit late, and then I would take what they're doing and I would make it better by going to the best marketers in the game, like Holland Sultanage Sultanich mm-hmm. from Nothing Held Back. Right. If you're not in that group, you got to go. Like, it's crazy. Like, the posts in there alone are like should be like published books. Wow. And um, I took the knowledge from that group and I applied it to the promo, and that's when things got really crazy. Okay. It, it popped off.
0: What do we talk about before we even started a podcast? It's taking things that you have learned from other people that are more proficient in an area, uh, than you are, but then being able to extract that knowledge and apply it to whatever your current situation is. That was what I did in healthcare, not, not at that level for what you did for his launch, but I've never had a healthcare mentor. I've had people outside of the healthcare space that new business and then taking that information and be able to extract it and figure out how can I put this in my clinics? How can I put this in my healthcare business, whether it was the fitness thing or coaching, consulting, et cetera, et cetera. You did the same thing. You did the same thing with this. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so we just got to keep doing it then. Yes, yeah, that's I wanna... it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's keep on doing it. All right. So why don't you give us the tea on – you wrote copy for publishing.com correct
1: yeah so the emails like for the most part and just a tiny bit of landing page stuff
0: and okay so let's talk emails um would you say that email is probably the um the highest percentage medium to sell or is it facebook or is it instagram is it youtube Yeah. what, what would you say about email go ahead and give us your 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 spiel on email
1: Well, I mean, it's pretty simple actually. So, if you want to actually own your audience, then you'll do email. Okay. Because you can export the contacts from your email service provider or CRM and own it. You know, but with Facebook and all these big tech companies, they could shut you down and just say, sorry. You know, like, especially like TikTok, like they have the worst support ever. Like, you're probably not getting your stuff back um, if you lose it after a certain amount of times. And so, Email hands down has stood the test of time as the most like valuable. I mean, everybody has an email. Still, they're still checking their email. They're going in there to buy stuff every single day. So if you're not building an email lists, like you're shooting yourself in the foot, yeah. definitely because it's just it's it's easy money. And you know you don't, in my opinion, you don't have a real business unless you have an email list. Because you know if everything goes to crap, like how are you supposed to keep the business afloat? Like you know you need a large list like that is your asset
0: okay can i tell you something yeah. that just to confirm everything you just said yeah so last year uh i had two pretty epic fails so number 1 is i had a youtube channel and my youtube channel uh had gotten up to 13,000 subs wow i had built that youtube channel from like really started putting stuff on it consistently from 2016. So 13,000 wow. is not like some massive number, but it's high. you know what? It, it's, it it was good for us Yeah, <clears throat> it's a Sunday. And I felt like something was weird on my YouTube channel, like my cover photo changed. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe somebody had changed it at the office and they were messing around on a Sunday. So I didn't really look into it too much. Monday coming to work, we do a staff meeting. And then somebody says, Greg, uh, you have a bunch of weird videos on your channel. So there's 1,300 videos on a channel. Somebody hacked into the channel. No. Um, It was two-factor authentication, but it was coming from the Philippines, which I thought was one of my VAs. It was somebody that hacked into their account. They got into my channel, took all 1,300 videos, put them as unlisted or private, and then they went and they put a bunch of crypto stuff saying, hey, buy crypto from Greg Todd, buy crypto from Greg buy crypto from Greg Todd. YouTube took down my channel, and I've never gotten it back. No, dude, seriously, whoa. So that's number one. YouTube was my biggest channel. It's a channel where people can consume my content, binge on my stuff, and that's usually the thing that gets people to become buyers. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is later on in the year, we decided to move away from the community group platform that we were on and move to Discord. We moved to Discord and over about three and a half months of doing consistent, value videos, live trainings, stages on discord, all the other stuff. We got our group up to just under seven, 700 people. And, um, and about four weeks ago, discord went as well. Gone, just gone. Whoa. Last year we had the highest revenue year of our business. And it's because we have email. And we have been able to in any one of these platforms that we have, you know, whether it's 19,000 on Facebook, nearly 30, I think 30,000 ish on Instagram, email, or, or sorry, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Our email has kept us alive because we were still able to communicate with people via email and via text when these things happen and say, hey, this just happened. Okay, we're going to still be c- talking to you over here. So everything you're saying, it, it's, the, it's the ultimate insurance for your business is email. Okay. So I think for a lot of my audience, they have an email list. I would say the majority mm-hmm. of them do have an email list. I would say that there are a group of them out there that don't. Mm-hmm. So let's talk to the ones that don't first. Yeah. What would you tell someone, uh, Mr. Big Hormozy Book Launch, what would you tell the person that's like, all right, I need to get started? What would you have them do to tell wherever their audience is, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, um, to actually get them on an email list and to get the ball rolling? What would you do?
1: So it depends on your niche is, but you need to incentivize them to join or bait them into joining. So like that's why I was able to win the Hermosi thing was because I just baited everybody really hard with the bonuses and like reframed everything. So – And the way the the words I used um, to get them into the um, the book launch were I was teasing a bonus that was less than a Tesla but more than a gift card. So I wouldn't use curiosity for your um, current offer Uh to get them or lead magnet is what they call it. But I would give them something that they want exactly. So like you can ask your audience. Um, Or you can do a survey if you don't have an audience yet and you just have a physical business and just like give them a gift card or something. And then you ask them what their number one pain point is or what they want. Then you solve that in the lead magnet and then you hand it to them. And then so what you can do is you can just start linking that in um, your bios everywhere on your social media. Then um, yeah, you can make posts about it. Like personally, I'm, I'm more of a copywriter, obviously. So like I'm writing posts like teasing people and getting them to want my stuff. That's a little bit more complex though for the average business owner. Um, and let's say it wouldn't really apply to like a physical therapist as much for them. It's like, um, referrals or like incentives. Like if you give us your email list, we give you a chance to win something or a discount for next time or some kind of mini, mini course, like that you can deliver through email, like a video course or, a uh, The more common ones are PDFs, you know, but those, let's be honest, not really read as much. So you really got to write them extremely well. You know, you can't just like chat GPT it um, unless you really know what you're doing.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So find what your biggest pain point is for your audience and create some type of ethical bribe around giving them a solution to that problem. And that will be the best way to be able to get people that, You're communicating with on whatever platform you're using to start to build your email list okay so now you've got them on your list maybe they've got their first 10 15 20 25 people what do you do with them now what would you recommend
1: yeah so um definitely avoid mailchimp um that seems to be everybody's favorite for Mm -hmm. starting off and it's fine if you're using mailchimp or other people on this who are listening to this are using mailchimp but you want to use something better, so like Sendlane or active campaign, it's a little bit more, but you're going to be um, put on a better IP, which means you're going to get better deliverability, which means your emails are going to end up in the primary inbox versus spam mm-hmm. um, more often than not. So like, it just t- translates into pure dollars like in the future, and it's not that much more. And then you want to create a welcome email, so you basically say something like in the subject line, welcome to your family, welcome to the family, and then explain who you are, like very briefly, like avoid throat clearing. I prefer to like tease them a little bit in the beginning so like they feel forced to read the rest of it. And then um, you deliver the lead magnet and they can download it directly from there or watch it or however you choose to do it. You could put it in a cloud folder and deliver it that way. So they click it. And then... um then you tease them about what what's coming next. Like I like a bullet point list of um, this is what you can expect to see. And then I, I'll use some really engaging copy for the bullet points um, to get them to want to keep reading. And then in the PS, I'll even tease what the next email is going to be about. And usually, it's a super dramatic story. So then I, I got them now hooked to keep reading my stuff. And um, the very next email, six hours later, you want to do a reply email. And this is where you start gathering more data about your your audience and you also pre- protect your deliverability, which means more emails will hit the inbox and get delivered. So,
0: so the more replies you get.
1: more replies more. you get, yeah. And um, so you could say, what's your number one struggle with X? Pain point or something like that. That's the best way to do it. And then um, what most people do wrong is that they'll make the first email super long instead and be like, make sure to whitelist us, make sure to add us to contacts. Mm -hmm. And it just buries your message and it makes them not really want to keep reading your stuff. And if you do the reply email hack after that, it covers all that up for you.
0: So you don't have to worry about, about whitelisting or whatnot. Yeah. That's like the old way to do it. Yeah. Gotcha. So just first email a little bit about, Hey, this is who we are. This is how we help. Um, and keep it short, sweet, to the point, uh, and don't overwhelm them with a bunch of instructions. The second email, you said six hours after?
1: Six hours after, yeah.
0: Okay, you're basically doing something that's engaging to get a response from them and asking them to reply to you. And if they reply to you, it basically solves all your problems with getting in their primary inbox, is that correct?
1: Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's really cool because when you collect the replies, to you can copy and paste them and put them in a chat GPT and have it memorize like, your audience's um, deepest, darkest desires or wants and needs, and then you can actually feed it back to them directly from their mouth, take the words
0: out of their mouth, feed it back into their ears Ooh, when you're trying to sell something. Okay, okay, hold on, let Here, let's, let, let's not gloss <laughs> over that. So as I'm getting replies from people, let's just say it's, Hey, you know, you're struggling with back pain, um, you know, t- like, t- like, tell me your, your, your biggest issues that you've had with your back over the last 90 days. They reply with something. I'm taking that reply and then I'm throwing that into chat GPT as a prompt. What are you typically saying with something like that?
1: Um, yeah, so. Exactly. First of all, with the question, you got to ask the right question, otherwise you're not going to get responses. I prefer, for your example, I'd say, what's your number one struggle with decreasing your back pain? Mm-hmm. You know, keep it simple. And then um, from there, yeah, when you get the replies, you can put them in a chat GPT. Before you do that, though, I would put in all the information from your business. So you could even copy and paste all your pages, um, you, any PDFs you have about yourself, Um or even like your market in general like it doesn't have to be exactly your business like it can be from reddit or um maybe your competitors and then once you train like this specific thread in chat to write or to know a lot of information about you then you can start telling it specifically about your audience and it can remember those exact phrases and words and then um yeah from there like you can do whatever you want. Like you kind of have to know the basics of copy though to get it to perform well.
0: Mm.
1: But um, what I do is, like, I just treat it like a copy cub. We call it, with a, co- a copy cup. Yeah, like a copy cub, like mm-hmm. a baby lion cub. Okay. You basically, like so you, you correct it when it's wrong, and you tell it why it didn't perform correctly, mm. and to what to do instead. And then um, from there, yeah, it makes it easier. And plus. Once you start testing types of emails and stuff like for your personal brand, you can take an email from your brand that performed really well and um, have it like a re- ChatGPT reword it or use it for a different uh, day. Or you could even take your competitors' emails in a different completely niche, a different niche. You know, you don't want to be shysty, but then you say, hey, rewrite this email in my niche for me. And um, the best word for this type of prompt is tweak, I've found like tweak it Mm, like don't say rewrite it because then it could just give you a bunch of garbage right tweak wow okay
0: so you can basically take some of your say competitor emails and then say tweak it to write it for this audience
1: yeah i mean the gist of it is you have to know that it's like performing well Mm -hmm. otherwise it doesn't work so like copywriters, they, they collect swipes. So like whenever they see something work in the wild, mm-hmm. they'll take a note of it. And so then they, they know the, the correct application of it. But this advice I'm giving somebody is a beginner just starting out like email is not their first priority. Right. They just need something up. Right. So then this is a fast, easy way to get that. Okay. It doesn't awesome. deliver the best results though.
0: All right guys. So, um, I got three big things for you beginners. Those of you, you've number one, get started because you are one one mishap away from losing all your potential future customers. It happened to me. Trust me. It happened to me two times in 2023. I am not putting myself in that position in 2024. And because I had email is the only reason why my business, that business is still here. Okay. So that, so that's number one, just get going. Okay. Um, number two is, uh, your first email that you're sending out, don't have it be a novel have it be something that's fairly short. Don't tell them to do all these different things. You're still building a relationship and rapport with them. Just give them value. Number 3 is have an email sent out 6 hours after and just have them reply. Once they reply, the sender's know, hey, this person actually wants this. It improves your sender score. You don't have to make them do all this white lifting, whitelisting this blah 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 blah. And then um the last thing is uh Like, if you see other things that are working, use those things to your advantage. Like, let it help you. And you can use AI to be able to um, kind of use things that are working. And then, basically, if you give it the right context, then um, the AI will work in your favor. Whether that is taking all the copy from your site, if your site is actually good and has good copy, um, taking it from other people that have things that have resonated with people, take that and use that as context before you go tell chat GPT or whatever AI thing you're using to, um, to blurt out stuff. Is that pretty good, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Awesome. So that is for our beginners. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I heard you have this like 13 step email conversion system, or you kind (laughs) of help people with, all right, I can help you make 10 K in like 99 days or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like your jam. So let's. Can, can we go into that a little bit? Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. So let's talk to the people that have an email list. So there's a group of people that's listening right now. And they got 500 to 25,000 know, e- uh, email subs, and but they're not making a lot of money from their emails. So could you just give us a couple little tips or stuff or whatnot on how people can maybe a couple, and then we can get people to download whatever you have at the end. We'll, we'll tell them to go over there. But um. But yeah, what, what would somebody do that wants to actually make money from their email list and they have a pretty good reputation with their audience?
1: Yeah, totally. So um, I normally charge 500 an hour for this. So I definitely would get out of a notebook and pay attention. Okay. Woo. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically the biggest thing I see people do um, later when they have a larger list is let a bunch of people become um, unengaged. Mm. So... I don't know how deep to go into the tech stuff, but basically, some email service providers can start marking contacts as unengaged when it's not ready, when they're not ready yet. So you need to re-engage them in a way that doesn't tank your deliverability, meaning it doesn't make your entire account go to spam. So this is more for accounts that are like twenty-five thousand like plus and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, you can usually email everybody at once and um, get away with that so some basic principles you know since we're talking to a big audience here is you want at least 20% opens and um, you also want to segment properly until you get to that point so like a lot of email copywriters will flex their open rates and stuff but the segment's super small meaning they're only sending to like seven day openers or something so Mm -hmm. it's not really a flex because you're actually losing a ton of money like That's how I'm able to knock it out of the park for publishing is because I'm, like, really tricky with the segmenting because they have such a large list. It's, like, over 2 million people. So, like, I'm getting really crafty to get as many people on board as possible. So I'll give you a little hint on, like, what to do. If you have this issue and you have people that are not engaged, meaning people that you're not sending to daily that are just sitting there dying, and you paid for these leads one way or another, and not good.
0: Yeah, I want to hear this.
1: (laughs) So... You need to use the subject line test. All right? Test? I know. It sounds like kind of crazy. And I can't okay. believe I'm telling this secret. Um, but this is the Secrets of Success podcast. Yes. So.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so, the unique mechanism of the, the test email is like you literally just put test in the subject line. And most email service providers, when they're sending a test send, add t- the word test in the subject line. And then most people open that email. So, it trains. The email service provider and like the ISPs and all that—that that this is a really effective um, subject line. So that whenever you use it, you, we have to inbox this email into primary. Right. So you can use this email to get higher open rates and cast a wider net to more people than you otherwise wouldn't have been able to reach because you're hitting spam too much. And so when you, yeah, when you use this subject line it increases your open rates so that you can re-engage more people faster instead of doing it um, at a slower, safer rate because you can't just re-engage everybody at once. You have to slowly dribble them in there um, relative to the daily se- sending segment size. Mm. You know, So like I guess, for example, if you're sending to 30,000 people a day, you only really want to try to re-engage 500 a day. So you send 500 a day that test email that you're not already sending to and you don't go over that because your open rate could be anywhere from like six percent up to like twenty-eight. I've seen, and um, on average for like a a segment of like a hundred thousand people that are disengaged, I can get like an eighteen percent open rate on this, which is great because it doesn't hurt deliverability. It's like really close to twenty percent, so we're in the threshold, and um, it can also make you money too. So like. All you got to do is you need any excuse to say test in the, the email copy. So and then could, in the
0: body, what are you putting?
1: Yeah, exactly. The body's like, uh, do you want to test out this free whatever? Or do you want to test out our offer and jump on a call? And then you plug in your guarantee or something. Or um, you could even do, were you just testing the waters by opening this email? Or the first two work way better than the last. Only use those first. And then, um, yeah. So like a lot of people here, I feel like, are service providers. So you could say... Would you like to test out our live demo for X and you have X amount of days, like whatever your guarantee is, and then they book a call and um, or reply if you want to do it that way. But it's
0: way more profitable. To book a call. OK, gotcha. Wow. Wow. So you just basically send the test to 500 at a time. Yeah. And, and make it uh. Just have it, the body needs to be in context with the test. So it's not just test and then there's nothing in the body. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Right. So yeah, no. yeah. Okay. That's really cool. That's really cool. So that is your way to kind of re-engage your list. That's probably one of the best things to do.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what I do for people is because they're just dead leads. they sitting there. So like I right. can make a new client like 18% extra just from that alone. And I have a bunch of other hacks in my 13 email conversion code formula.
0: Okay. How do we get that 13 email conversion code formula?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can join my Facebook group and you can also join my email list. I'll release it there. Um, So yeah, the email, the Facebook group is email marketing, email secrets and strategies unleashed.
0: Email secrets, strategies.
1: Email secrets and and strategies strategies unleashed. unleashed. Okay. Yes.
0: Guys, go ahead right now. Pause the podcast. Go join the group and get game from this guy. It's absolutely amazing. Um, Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Do you have anything else? Uh, 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 One more, come on, come on, just over-deliver. You've already over-delivered, but let's (laughs) just go one more step. All right, all right,
1: right, let's see. Okay, so a really easy way to make an extra 30% from your list is to do a browse abandoned email, so Whenever somebody clicks a link to go to either your product page to buy something directly or to book a call page or to fill out an application, you can add a tag that triggers another automation that sends an email that says, hey, I saw you were looking for this. Um, Did you end up getting it? Reply if you need help. And the subject line is, can I help you? And this is very simple. But yeah, so like, let's say you have a service and you're having people fill out an application and book a call. You can do a browse abandoned for the application if they already fill out the application. You can also do a browse abandoned for the book a call if they didn't uh, complete booking the call. Mm. And so yeah, this can be more than one email as well. But for all these beginners out there, at least set up one email and have this going out.
0: So and. as as long as they clicked on the email and they clicked to go to a specific page to either buy your offer or to book a call or to do something that's moving them on the conveyor belt, you would have an Email automation sent out within an hour, two?
1: Yeah, I was sent it out within thirty minutes. About thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's basically saying, "Hey, I saw you went to my application page. Did you have any problems? You know, with booking application? If so, just reply and you know help or reply."
1: Yeah, hit reply, just you know, reply. but yeah. really that you have the link in there to finish okay. whatever they were doing.
0: Okay. And what was the subject line you said to put on it?
1: Like, can I help you is a yeah, good one. can I help you? Question okay. mark. Okay, cool. You know, and um, yeah, that performs really dang well. And you can add multiple emails in there if you want. I just wouldn't send it every day. So like only set it to send like once every 30 days so that people don't get annoyed. Right, okay. And then you also want to make sure you're you're filtering out the people that have already taken that action.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow, that's that, That's awesome.
1: Because yeah, it's like an abandoned cart. The abandoned carts make the most money like outside of the welcomes sometimes. And it's the emails that get you right before the abandoned cart, you know. So And very few people do it. Like e-comm guys call it product page abandoned, but mm. I call
0: it browse abandoned. Okay, wow. Dude, uh, you've given us some amazing stuff, man. Uh, this has been phenomenal, phenomenal. I, I think email—we, it's so funny. A couple years ago, people were like, "Oh, email's gonna die. Email's gonna die. Email's not dead, man. Email is where the money is at. Email is where, the, um, where I feel like you have people's attention. Uh, I feel like you're vying for their attention on so many other channels, um, but I feel like once people open up your email that's it, they're locked into you. So I just, I'm so thankful and so appreciative uh, of everything that you've been able to teach us. Uh, So again, you've done this since 2000, you've been on this journey since 2016 and you didn't even get into copywriting right away. There's a, like you went through eight different things, I think, before getting to this. Before we finish, what made you settle in on this? Why has this thing become your real? The other eight?
1: Well, man, I just fell in love with writing. I started writing books after I quit Costco and I just loved it so much. And then when I discovered that you can make more through copywriting, I was blown away. Like, Mm. it's basically, I love sales too, but at the time I wasn't really a fan of like getting on the phone all the time. So, writing and selling together and like the psychology of people is just so interesting. And then making people Filthy rich is just so fun. I mean, man, like I've generated my clients like 25 million and uh, the last two years alone. And uh, it's been a wild ride, man, to say the least. And uh, myself, I've made more than I ever thought possible. of like 3X my lifelong income goal. I mean, I make more now than I made like an entire year in my old life. And I mean, this is just the beginning, dude. I'm a, yeah, I mean
0: this year is gonna be freaking nuts. Wow, wow. Well, there was something that one of my mentors taught me, his name is Myron Golden, and he was the one that introduced me to this concept called the four levels of value. And the four levels of value is understanding that we get compensated, uh, not based off of our certifications or whatnot. We get compensated based on the level of value we are operating at in the marketplace. And so the lowest level of value is implementation. That's what you were doing at Costco. Okay. <laughs> you were implementing. Was it important yeah. though? People like their chicken, man. Yeah. The stuff was important. They're obsessed. Right? But that's a low level of value. And usually that gets you paid, you know, minimum wage to, you know, maybe five figures a year, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60K a year, depending on what implementation job you do. The next level is unification. And that's the manager. Like you had a manager probably at Costco. That oversaw your department, right? And they got paid more than you, even though you might have had to do what all the chicken grease manager oversaw you guys and they got paid a little bit more. But what I've noticed for my life is when I went into the next two levels, that's when my life did what your life just did for you. And that's communication. What you have done is you've built an amazing skill. You built a skill set of communicating via word, via written, whether that's through email copy through ad copy, and you've learned how to get people to move through the spiritual communication that we do. You can do that through audio. You can do that through video. You can do that through written. And you have mastered that. And it looks like you've just been very intentional about getting really good at that after you've kind of found your way. Uh, And then the final one is imagination and creation. And it looks like you're kind of doing that one too. You're getting crafty with creating offers, helping people with creating offers so that people will be compelled to buy. And so I just wanna more applaud you and um, and honor you and that I find your story extremely inspiring, man. It, re- it really is. Thank you, big time. Uh That you, know, you can basically, if, if you're intentional, I heard you talk in one of your videos, you said it's not just about taking action, it's about being intentional with the action. Uh, and it seems like you've become very intentional about what you're doing. And I think that's why you've been able to achieve the success that you've achieved. So before yes. we finish, I just want to honor you with that. But before we finish, um, can we just remind people of where they can get into your world? So your your Facebook group and how they can get on your email list.
1: Yeah. So actually, I prefer it if you just add me on Facebook. You can go to facebook.com slash Christian the Copywriter Let's be friends. Let's read each other's posts and hang out and, you know, message each other. I love making friends so much. That's the best part of my job. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out my reels on Instagram.com slash Christian, the copywriter as well. And um, eventually I'll be posting more long form stuff out there in, on YouTube.
0: Thank you, brother. This was awesome. This oh, yeah. is fantastic. Thank you, Chief. Guys, I'll put all this information in the show notes as well. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you got a lot newbie email peeps hope you got some awesome tips uh the people that have an email list but you ain't making any money i would go back and rewind that last uh 20 minutes as well and you guys let's make it an amazing 2024 with email thank you christian let's run it up boom